G'day and welcome to the Tokyo's 2020 Olympic podcast. I'm Oliver Lemke. I'm joined here today by Tom Murphy. Tom, thanks Hi, for joining Ollie. us. Hello, visit, hello, listeners. And Alex Van Anholt. Al, how you doing? Very well, thanks, Ollie. Great to be here. Great to see you, Tom. We'll set the scene. We're sitting here watching the uh, 2020 Olympics opening ceremony. The uh, athletes walking out. Great to finally be at the uh, at the precipice of such a big event. Uh, it's been five years in the making, the most anticipated Olympics of all time. They're calling it. How are we excited, gents? We are indeed, Ollie. Um, particularly now that we're in the midst of a lockdown, um, no better way to spend it than watching obscure sports for the next two weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty excited as well, boys, but. I have to um, call the media out on this, um, the most anticipated Olympics of all time. Five years, it's a bit different to five years and surviving a little pandemic. It's a bit different to surviving eight years without a games and a world war and tackling Adolf and the Nazis. So, <laughs> but let's not get into that. Very valid point. <laughs> it's going to be different. No crowds. Um, you know, the athletes village has a few changes. They've got cardboard beds to stop, uh, any rondaging or um, untoward activity at night? Uh, what, are we, what are our thoughts on that? Oh, look, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it'll stop anyone, to be honest. Uh, might make things a little bit more difficult, but I dare say, once a few of the athletes finish their events, they'll uh, they'll be getting a workout those beds. Yeah, and I've seen a few athletes as well have uh, decided to stay on their Pat Malone or on their own. Um, so perhaps there's um, a few um, just trying to sneak their way around the rules there as well. And uh, it looks like Tokyo is turning on an absolute show for um, the next couple of weeks. Hopefully the typhoons stay away. Um, everyone here has been to Tokyo and to Japan uh, before. How do we think they'll they'll go the, the people, the culture, the venues all looks like it's coming up a treat. Yeah, I, will. I think they'll, uh, I mean, sorry, I think they'll put on a great show, very efficient um, society. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there won't be much interface between the crowd and, and the athletes, but I think in terms of how things are run and the facilities, it, it should be top notch. Yeah. Bloody oath. Um, it's, bit disappointed not seeing any uh, Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z characters in the opening ceremony. It's just took a bit more of a traditional approach. Uh, but I think uh, Pikachu could still light the flame yet, mate. Yeah, I'll see him or Goku, it's bloody <laughs> racing too. Pull your head in sports, but there's a betting market for you. Um, no, but I think, yeah, that obviously there's been a pretty public uh, opposition from the Japanese population towards having the games there. But I think now that they're there, They'll be embracing it, and um, well, hopefully that hopefully there's some sort of miracle, and the um, athletes might get to have a bit of an after party in some of Tokyo's finer night spots, like the Golden Gaze and Rapongi and Shinjuku and Piss Alley. All those places you're so well acquainted with, Al. Yeah, five days is enough for me, Ollie. You know that. <laughs> I think one night you're almost ready to leave. Yeah, pretty much. First night fever can get to anyone, can't it? All right, gents, before we get into the day one nitty-gritty, we might um, go to a bit of a question. 
If you were an Olympic sport, what would you be? What do you What are you, Alice? We'll go to you first. Ah, uh, see, had a long, hard think about this. I can only be the rugby sevens. Um, sevens, great number, my lucky number. Um, the great Harry Kuehl once wore it for the Socceroos, um, but more so because I think seven minute half is perfect amount of time. Um, all All good things come in sevens, like rum and cokes, and um, it's just a. It's a lot of fun. Nothing's taken too seriously. Win or lose. Olympic medal on the line or not. Everyone's having a great time. How about you, Tommy? I wish I had something and as, as eloquently put as that, Al. Um, I think probably judo, um, you know, looks very promising from the outset. But then when they actually get to it, um, there's a lot of grabbing, not a whole lot of action. Don't really know what's going on. And it's generally quite underwhelming to watch. Righto, so we've got day one tomorrow, Saturday the 24th of July. Uh, we'll run through a few of the events. Uh, kick, all kicks off 10 o'clock Australian time, women's air rifle, followed by mixed doubles in the badminton and women's singles table tennis. All Aussies competing in those three events. 10 you'll, be, you'll be tuning in for them, no doubt, Ollie. Absolutely, mate. You'd probably be still asleep, I'd take it. Uh, no, it's a bit of an early riser these days. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm particularly keen to watch uh, Katarina Kaplis, um get the gun out and sort of in the air rifle. So, What's your favourite um, shooting event, Al? Definitely the trap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah How about mine. you, Tommy? No, mine too. Yeah. yeah. Hard to go past the Is trap. That a, are we all in agreement there, Ollie? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, you're not a pistol man, Ollie? No, nah, I'm not a big fan of the shooting, I must admit. find it a bit dry. Well, you are, you've always been a bit more of a purist man into the archery. That's exactly right, yeah. One of my favourite moments when I was in the year 2000 was watching Simon Fairweather. I actually um, convinced my old man to take me into archery after that. Take, took it up on a Saturday as a Saturday morning sport. Most other kids my age were playing soccer or rugby league or cricket and I was down at the uh, Lismore Archery Range shooting. Um, didn't last long. Look at you now. Yeah, exactly. You're doing a <laughs> podcast. Does no good. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> so then at 10.30, we've got the Hockey Roos uh, in their first match against Japan. Um, haven't quite done the form on that, but I imagine traditionally – uh, we should just just on based purely on you know on my understanding on how we've gone in hockey, we should be too strong for him there. Uh, yeah, you think know, so, Tom? You haven't looked into the Japanese uh, form. No it's, home crowd behind them. Traditionally, not a powerhouse, are they? The Japanese no, hockey no. team. Who are the powerhouses in the hockey? The Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. The, the Germans, Belgians, the Indians. The Indians, the Pakistanis are normally pretty right. solid. The South has put out some decent teams. Um, big, I think in recent times, the um, Argentinians and the English have sort of come to the fore as well. Yeah. I think Ireland, you'll find, are actually half decent in women's hockey too. Jamie uh, Dewar then, still running around. Who? <laughs> Jamie Dewar. Mate, Eddie Ockenden. <laughs> big Des Abbott. <laughs> um, 
And then at 10.30, we've also got the women's pair. In the rowing, we've got the women's and the men's pair. Um, How we place for those ones? Uh, what, are the, what is our big rowing hope this Olympics? Probably the, from my understanding, I'd say the men's four. We're in with a decent shout there. Um, two years ago before COVID, we were consistently at the top in world champs and world cups. There's rejig the crew around, but they should be a good chance. I think they're first, they're on it tomorrow at one o'clock um, in the heat. So they'd be looking to, um, to really um, ramp it up there in the heat and go straight into the final, uh, which is in a couple of days time. Um, and then at 11 a.m., we've got the, the beach volleyball and the women's softball. So softball girls coming off quite a, quite a big loss couple of days ago was it yesterday to the japanese the japanese no, that, and they actually bounced back and uh knocked off the italians the day after so coming off a win actually there tommy but so, um typically the canadians are pretty strong they, i imagine they'd have a decent North american sport yeah and the taekwondo and eleven thirty. <clears throat> we'd all remember back to 2000 lauren burns taking out the gold don't know how we're placing that this year, but uh, always good to watch. Better than the judo, the taekwondo. Absolutely, a lot more action. Yeah, I think I think I don't think there's been a whole lot of taekwondo since that um, in Australia since that that famous Lauren Burns gold medal. Terrific night in Australian sport, though. Then we've got the first, I believe, the first gold medal up for grabs at midday in the road race. Um, a lot of these riders coming off the, the back of the tour there. So I imagine there's still a bit of fatigue, but um, yeah, you know, three Aussies, I think they're competing. So hopefully Richie Port might um, push for a medal, medal chance there. But the uh, Slovenian freak, the winner of the uh, Tour de France, Tadej Podka, Pogata, is that how you say it, Bird? Uh, Pogaka, Pogaka, yeah. He, uh, I'd say, seems. I think the bookies have him as favourite to win it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what his Tour de France, Tour de France hangovers like. Whether he can back it up with a gold medal. I'm Fair looking credit. forward to seeing him him ride. Looking and more looking forward to seeing him getting stripped of his medal in three years' time. Yeah, exactly. The dirtiest games, I reckon, these ones. So, be interesting to see how many. Uh, how many gold medals gets cancelled out retrospectively when they when they test all the B samples in a couple of years' times? I reckon our friends in the north might be uh, up to their old tricks. Oh, I think so. Although uh, no Sun Yang. <laughs> justice for Sun. <laughs> um, then yeah, as I said, at one o'clock we've got the four the, the men's four are on. Um, so yeah, that they're obviously. A big medal chance, so they'll be looking for a good heat there. Um, the awesome foursome. The yeah, they're looking to recreate some of that that vibe. Uh, the men shooting at two o'clock, um, and the water polo tomorrow Arvo at four. So that, I don't mind watching the old water polo come Olympics. Um, we're usually reasonably strong, aren't we? Canada is it Canada tomorrow? I can't What's say. What's the women's water polo team called? Are they the, I think they're the Stingers and the, the blokes Stingers. of the Sharks. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds the Stingers, right. The Stingers famously won silver at Sydney as well. That's right. 
the uh, the great Phil Kearns has a daughter in the water polo team. I do know that. Well, fingers crossed he's not commentating it. <laughs> but maybe if Kearns, he can, um, he's missed out on the Rugby Australia head job. Maybe he can he- have a crack at the water polo Australia head job. <laughs> 6.30, we got the women's football. Matilda's up against the Swedes. That'll be a crap. Al, I know you're very keen to watch this one. Yeah, Sam okay. Kerr, awesome leading the line the other night. We sort of, uh, for our football teams, they sort of it looked like we, we sort of um, drew the short story in the men's and the women's were in both groups of death. But after winning both, uh, the girls pretty dominant against New Zealand. Probably scoreline probably didn't reflect the dominance. And then... The boys last night, absolutely awesome um, flogging the Argentinians. And that's probably didn't reflect the the score, probably didn't reflect the um, the way the match was played out either because we were all over them. So the, the, Swedes, are, the Swedes are coming off uh, a, a big win against America, aren't they? Yeah, that's, they, they beat them 3-0, I think. Yeah, so that... that I that, think that, the Swedes like, might have won the gold in Rio. Yeah, always... Have had a, a quite a strong women's football program. Yeah, them and the Norwegians typically the um, the European powerhouses, the, the north sort of the more Nordic European countries. Um, obviously, the Yanks have spent a stronghold for them as well. But be great to be great to beat the Swedes and then knock off the Yanks and hopefully knock them out of the comp. And then we get our first look at the pool at eight o'clock. Um, few heats on. So I think um, actually the girls' relays should be a um, a really strong suit in this year's swimming. Um, the, the four with the four hundred with the four hundred free tomorrow as well. So that's um, Ariane Titmus's event, isn't it? She's uh, yeah, that would be. She's obviously going to be uh, fighting it out in, in the medal for medal contention for sure. Hopefully gold. Um, she was in cracking form in the in the trials. Um, but she'll be up against some fairly stiff competition. Yeah, Ledecky. Uh, Katie, sort of, Le, Katie Ledecky. So sort of owned that, hasn't she? She has indeed. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be – I think those two um, are certainly, you know, leading the charge in terms of world best time. So that'll be an enthralling contest. And Ariane Titanus is just another one of the many great female swimmers in particular we have in this team. So – Hopefully they can really bring home a few golds in this first week and put us in a good shot on the medal on the medal um, tally. Yeah, how do we see the medal tally shaping up? The Yanks are obviously hot favourites to top it again. Um, the yeah. Brits have been strong. I'd recently. say you're probably looking at an America, US, China one too. Then with the rest of us fighting it out for the the miners. Um, I'd say the Brits will put in a good, good performance. They've just been kind of exponentially getting better since I was only heard there during the opening ceremony that in 96 in Atlanta, they only won one gold. Um, and, you know, from there in 2016 at Rio, they were second on the medal table uh, beating out China. So, you know, I mean, I don't really see it happening again, just given the strength of the Chinese program. Um, and the depth they have, particularly now, like you see them, that they're, they're kind of getting quite good in in the swimming, and they're moving into, I suppose, less traditional sports than what they've been dominant in the past. So, uh, you know, I think they'll be fairly firm second. Um, 
But yeah, I think for us, for Australia, I think we, um, you know, it's all heavily dependent on how we do in the pool. If people live up to the expectations um, that have been set and, you know, the projections, then we can really medal well there. But if, you know, if we're a little bit underwhelming, like we have been the last couple of Olympics and, you know, we could um, could fall down that medal table uh, quite significantly. Yeah, we definitely saw that in Rio when the uh, when they got in the pool. There wasn't the success that we were predicted. A few, a uh, few guys, you know, we thought would be in and amongst the medals that missed out. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we can go a bit better than that. We were at that, such a powerhouse early in the 2000s. You think back to Sydney and Athens, you'd pencil us in for five or six golds across the week. So fingers crossed, we can get back to those days. Uh, so I think that basically covers us for day one. We'll throw to a closing question for the night. What's your favourite Olympic moment of all time? Al, what do you got uh, for us? It's probably not one that's going to go down in the memories or the record books um, for anyone else, but I think it was my first um, live experience at Olympics as a young whippersnapper a couple of days before my seventh birthday at Sydney. Uh, when watched double header, I think the Matildas actually played the Swedes, and then the the Ollie Roos just got knocked off by the Nigerians. But just like you know, as a sports mad six year old, um, and I was I was a soccer mad kid at that point as well, scoring goals for fun for the mighty North Companions. Um, watching Hayden Fox knock one in and put in Australia um, in the lead against the Nigerians, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, that was sort of my first and probably my favourite Olympic memory. Nice one. It's a bit different, but how about you, Tommy? Uh, I think it would be remiss if, if one of us didn't mention um, the 4 by 100 metre men's freestyle relay in uh, 2000 um, with the great antagonist Gary Hall Jr. Um, blogging before the Olympics that, um, the Americans would be so dominant that they would smash the Aussies like guitars. And I mean, I guess that dominance was somewhat warranted given they'd never lost the event um, the entire time it's been run up until that point in the Olympics. And uh, with Michael Klim starting off on world record pace in the first leg, it set the tone. And I think, you know, I don't think you'll see many better swims than um, Thorpey's last leg to swim through Gary Hall, who was the world record holder um, in the 100 metres uh, to win to win us gold in that event. So I think as a nation, it certainly has to rank up there with one of our, our best sporting uh, conquests. Absolutely. Came home hard. That last 50 just mows him down. One of the great calls from Ray Warren too. Big rabs. How about you, Ollie? Favourite moment? Uh, oh, tough one. Sim, I like the uh, the women's 4x100 at Athens in 2004. Jody Henry did something similar to Thorpey, but I'll go um, 2008 when my uh, fellow flamer, Steve Hooker, got the job done at the uh, Bird's Nest in Beijing in the pole vault. It's good to see. It's not a sport that Australians are traditionally known for. And um, Steve Hooker was, was the best of the best, came in hot favourite and um, lived up to the billing. Oh, it's an inspiration for you all, isn't it, Ollie? 
That's it, mate. You take every win you can get. Absolutely. <laughs> and, a, and a great one after so many near misses in the um, in the field events over the years with um, Gregory Ava winning oh. She Won Silver. Jumping Jai. Jumping Jai. Rima, what, here must be your uh, one of your favourite athletes, Al. I mean, you're not your... your archetypal archetypical character in terms of uh, his professionalism yeah i think he's i think he's kicked like, the bungers uh, but coke coca-cola uh can't comment for the other <laughs> <four>. and uh <laughs> and a and a dart so you know you, you reckon, his quote was if he if they'd run the if he'd done the jump at 4 a.m in the morning he might have won <laughs> yeah well, there's nothing a bit of truckies toothpaste and a slide dart um doesn't uh, can't help you with at four o'clock in the morning. I'd assume the long jump at, in front of a packed house at Homebush would be the same. I think we actually did we get a four by one hundred meter bronze one Olympics or am I making that up? No, nah, the four by four. Four by four was Donnie it? Stephenson was in it, was he? Yeah, right. Is that Athens, I think. That's random. I don't know. We'll have to answer that question for our listeners in uh, tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll, we'll come back to it, come to back, back to that one tomorrow. All right, I think that might just about do us for tonight. We'll get back to watching the opening ceremony. Hope everyone enjoys their Saturday. Tune back in with us um, to get all the updates for Sunday. Uh, a few swimming finals coming up Sunday morning, which we'll have all the goss on, give you the, um, give you, give you the form. Tom, thanks for your time. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, listeners. See you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Dance.